The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 37. So today we have Ron and Kayleen Hale back in the studio. Uh, We've had each of them in individually, but now they are both here as a couple, and we're having a discussion about expectations versus agreements. Namely, have you ever uh, caught yourself being disappointed or angry or frustrated with yourself or with somebody else and you realize, oh my goodness, I had an unspoken expectation. They made me mad because they didn't do something that I thought they should do or vice versa. They did something that you didn't think they should do. Well, expectations in general are something that I believe relationships really, really need to take a good look at. And uh, we do our best to do that in this discussion. I really enjoy talking with uh, Ron and Kaylee about this kind of stuff because they're very aware in their own world and their own lives. And I hope you enjoy the insights. All right, here we are. We have Ron and Kayleen Hale in the studio with us today. Say hello, guys. Hello. Hi. So you guys should remember... Ron and Kaylee, if you have listened to all the episodes to this point, uh, <laughs> unlike, <some people. laughs> unlike Kayleen who hasn't, but uh, no, seriously, we've done a couple episodes with either with each of you guys, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. An interview with a new age Christian with each of you, and then Ron, you and I did one on business, and yep. Kayleen, you and I did one on the value of darkness. Correct. So these guys are super close in my wife and I's life, and um, we've get together all the time, and we keep talking about getting in front of the mics and doing some more discussions. So today, here they are in town and we're doing this. We're going to talk about expectations, agreements, and essentially the communication in that entire world, which I always love talking with Ron and Kayleen because they both bring Kaylee with her emphasis on relational honor and Ron as well. But Ron, um, both of them are high S's in the DISC personality profile. And basically what that means is they care about people. So, <laughs> Unlike some people. <laughs> yeah, un- <laughs> unlike some of us who are more about like want to get stuff done to change the world. And then you realize that maybe running over people on the way to changing the world is not the nicest thing to do. These two have taught me a crap ton about how to honor people and not just take relationships for granted and um we've been through a lot of our own stuff together trying to do projects together stuff like that so i think uh, when they came to me with this idea of this podcast i thought it was perfect i mean i know it's you guys are going to have tons of awesome insight we already have talked a little bit about it so without further ado one of the first things and we were getting ready for this episode was uh, we talked about expectations and kaylee you, you were kind of going through some of the things that you want to talk about, one of the things you just flat out said, you said, look, expectations are toxic. They are. So unpack that a little bit. Well, definitely in relationships, but as we were talking about, they can be personal too, just your expectations that you have for yourself, where, where your life should be, what you should be doing, um, all that. But I've noticed that there's this like unrealistic quality to them always. Like with expectations, 
It's almost like a fairy tale. There's never a realistic way to complete them or for them to happen. You always have to imagine a scenario to make sure that they could come to pass. But it's always if everything goes right, if everything happens, if I happen to meet all the right people, then I could fulfill this expectation. So if they're not realistic, but yet we're putting our hopes and dreams into it and believing in it, what are we getting back? Right. Disappointment. So if every single time we're putting all this energy into something that's only going to hurt us, that's toxic. Sure. And so I know where we're going. And we're going to get to the, <laughs> we're getting to this place where what we're going to talk about is the difference between expectations and agreements. But in general, I do agree that you know some might be listening to this and be like, well, just set realistic expectations. Here's the thing: is that expectations carry an energy, and that energy is toxic, and it is so many of the little things that were that you just mentioned of that you know the the unrealistic nature of it has to be so good and this perfect and there can't be any little mistakes and how many times have you achieved something in your life that's close but it's not exactly what your expectations were right and instead of this energy of like gratitude and oh man I got 80% there there's this focus on the 20% you didn't get right Yeah, well, and I just want to add, you know, expectations from a business standpoint when those people do say, well, just make that expectation realistic, right? We've all had that boss. Well, we don't need more training. We just need a deadline. We need realistic expectations. Well, now you've just entered into a realm that's fear-based. Sure. Because you are going to, if you don't do it, something bad is going to happen. And it just doesn't work. People get worn out. That's why people leave jobs. That's why people get teared out. That's why people have to retire sometimes. Right. Um, I mean, you got all these different reasons, but the, like you said, the gravity of expectations, it's a heavy burden. It's a heavy weight. Yeah, it's a word that has developed. You know, you can nuance it in your own life. All words have nuance in personal relationship and you can mean something a little bit different and this isn't we're not trying to get into semantics on a level of look if you like the word expectations and you want to take the principles of what we're trying to deliver great but in general in our culture the even the word expectations has this like i need to meet them Mm -hmm. and of course then there's the ever famous unspoken expectation Mm -hmm. so I might be getting some flack for this, but I've noticed a lot of females, and I can say this because I do my best not to do this, but it is a tendency that we have a lot of unspoken ones, and there's this cultural thing in movies and books, even when talking to other women, that our significant other or somebody else who really loved me should just know what my expectations are. They should know how to fulfill them because they (laughs) love me. I shouldn't have to explain it to them. As somebody who's been married for five years, I found that doesn't work. (laughs) Not very well. (laughs) (laughs) But I've also noticed how selfish that was. For me, my expectations are in my head from my perspective and my hopes and my dreams. How can I expect my husband to know what I'm thinking, how I'm feeling every moment of the day without communicating to him? I even said on the way here, I was like, Ron, I've noticed that I'll suggest things I want, but I won't ask for them. 
that way, like, I don't get actually denied. And I can see if you're actually listening or love me if you do it. I'm like, how unfair is that? I didn't even directly say it. I try to do it in passing and see if he notices. I'm not even being honest with my husband of what I want, what I'm hoping he'll do or buy or be. I'm making a comment in passing where if he did that to me, I'd be like, well, well, what do you mean? I'm supposed to take every little comment and like know that that meant the world? <laughs> but I've noticed as a female maybe, or just a person who wants to be loved in general, that I expect people to know the nuance when I can't do it back. I'm like, why, why would you expect that of me? Right. So it's that double standard that I find in expectations that you always expect people to do it for you, but when requested back, it's unrealistic and unfulfillable. Mm-hmm. Ron, do you have anything to say about this? <laughs> well, you know, I think that's why there's, you know, so many comedians out there, you right. know, that will will hit the subject of, you know, and, and unfortunately, I, th- I think it's normally males who do it about females, and they go, well, they got the leveling of fine. There's fine and fine and fine. <laughs> And then you got to read into it, right? It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Or you got the whatever, you know. There's all these jokes out there about what those actually mean. And we all laugh about them because we've all been there. And we think that we know what those mean in the moment. But realistically, we don't. And that's why we laugh because there's so much lost in transition there. Or translation, excuse me. And then, you know, from more of a guy's standpoint, we talked about this. You know, there's expectations put on by our culture that says, you know, you better graduate high school and you better graduate college. You better be aces. You're going to be social. And then when you get out, you better have a six-figure income because you got to provide for your family or start your family. You better be successful. That's right. And if you don't have a list of dad jokes a mile long, you're a bad dad. <laughs> right. You can't do that. And you got to have the woman of your dreams, but yet... You gotta sleep around to have experience, and you got you know. There's different, you know, depending on how you're raised. There's all these expectations as a male or a female. I mean, honestly, it just might be a little different, and it can be really toxic because it's once again all of that pressure to do all of these things, and then you add the expectation of you better do all this before you're 25. <laughs> I mean, there's a few out there. But realistically, that's not how the world is working right now. Maybe it will. But right. for right now, the expectations aren't matching up with reality. And that's where you get that pressure and that fear of you're not good enough. And then you judge yourself. And then you judge others because you feel that you've been dealt an unfair hand. I need to do an episode on... I was talking with Ronnie Harima, who I will have up here as well. He lives a couple hours south of here, but we've talked about doing some more stuff. And one of the things he and I talked about last time we were together was these dreams and these lies that we tell ourselves, right? So the whole like, okay, when you graduate, you're going to have this, 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 and this. And and so the school system gives you this lie that we're all like, oh, this is the American dream. I personally haven't ever known a single person who has matched that particular dream to a T. Right. There's people who are close. Right. But even then, you know, you talk to them and they don't feel like they have and they have all these. And why? Because they were given all these expectations for life. And the most successful people still feel like failures. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Right. So then you go to the church and you get all these expectations for your spirituality or for your marriage. Right. And this is what a perfect marriage is supposed to look like. And this is what. Right. And then you go to society and you have these expectations, what sex is supposed to look like and your fitness is supposed to be. And then you go to your family and you have expectations about what kind of moral stuff you're supposed to do. like. And we sell all these dreams to ourselves from these different entities and organizations in our world. And yet, I don't know a single person who has ever, 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 ever once come close to manifesting all of them. I don't know. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head who've manifested one of the 20 I mentioned, much less all 20. And so we literally set ourselves up for failure. And I have noticed men is a lot more external expectations on life, finances, success. And then women tend to be a lot more expectations on marriage, children, family, their own bodies and stuff like that. So it's the women tend to be more internal or more intimate in their expectations and men be, tend to be more external and public with their expectations, if you will. But, you know, obviously there's always exceptions to the rule and whatever. So the idea that they're toxic in general, because we could talk about this for, <laughs> I love that you bring up comedians, right? <laughs> comedians are funny because they touch on stuff we all really know. Right. So when you talk about the unspoken expectations, it's one thing to know and have an expectation, hope that your husband, in this case, picks up on it. Right. What about those ones that you don't even know you have? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Um, There is. It sounds funny, but when we put expectations on others and they don't meet it and we talk about everybody kind of goes, oh, yeah. Well, I guess they didn't communicate it. And so there's this level of grace that we give people. We talk about it and we tell people not to do it, but we don't ever talk about the ones you put on yourself. Right. I've never heard a pastor, a preacher, any kind of counselor talk about the expectations you put on yourself and how toxic they are because you can never fulfill them. So you are judging yourself on a standard that's like... It reminded me of my sister um, went to college and she was telling me that she went to this class where he would tell them in the beginning that they wouldn't get an A. Mm-hmm. And that made me so mad. I was like, what's the point if you're doing this if you can't get an A? Because that means that he's not teaching correctly huh. if it's not a realistic standard. But he's ruining your grade because he wants to prove what? That, he, that you aren't smart as him? But that's what your expectation is, is going, here's the top of the goal. Here's what to reach for, but you can never get it. You give your best. You give 110%. You study. You give everything. You fail your other classes for this class, and you're not worthy of an A. But that's what we put on ourselves every day in every area. Women, we have models who are perfect by society standards who are insecure, who are starving themselves, who have trouble looking in the mirror. What? What is it? It's an unrealistic expectation that they're still putting on themselves. Though they're the best, supposedly, they're beautiful, yes, but they can't even believe it because there's still right. this expectation. I mean, that goes into everything. I mean, like, for me, even, yes, I have them in marriage, but not on you. But as a wife, I should know. As a wife, I should do this. As a wife, I should um, be this way, never yell, blah, 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 blah. And then when I fail, I beat myself up, and then I have to put another expectation on 
to focus on and I have to put something else there and somewhere else I can then try to only fail again. Right. There's and you should all over yourself. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how could I not? I failed. Right. I never have ever met any of my expectations. So at this point, we wonder why people are so insecure and don't believe in themselves and don't try when all they've ever been is a failure in their own eyes. Fast forward to the end, we're going to talk about some of the tools that we use to try to obviously fix these issues. One of them being the five agreements or the four agreements from Don Miguel Ruiz. And the fourth agreement is always do your best. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, on surface level, it's kind of like, really? That's, that's <laughs> really? I mean, that's cute. But then when you, when the, where the rubber meets the road, he says that's his favorite of all the agreements. Because it's how you actually take these in, this internal world and put it into practice. Mm-hmm. And when you can look at yourself in the mirror and you go, yeah, yeah I got 80% of where I wanted to get. What a loser, right? Versus, look, I did my best today. Literally, there was not a single moment at which I knew I could do better and I chose not to. Like, as long as you can go to bed knowing, like, no, I, I had no awareness of a better option, no awarenesses of what I could have done better, and therefore, I'm literally doing my best, that is all you can ask of yourself. Well, I know personally, um, a while back when I was at a job, they asked me to go to a different location and help. And it ended up where I had supposedly stepped on somebody's toes and feelings were hurt and it culminated in this argument in the back room (laughs) and there was anger and different stuff and I once I was able to calm down just a bit I tried to settle it and do my best to fulfill you know what needed to be done and for me as you know an honoring relationship person I should (laughs) feel like I should be able to solve every problem I should be able to come out every argument uh, winning, not like I won, but like as a um, argument, as both people come out feeling like they got to know each other better. Now there's this relationship to keep building on, but that's not what happened. It destroyed a relationship, and there was nowhere to go for it. And I was very angry, and I was beating myself up about it. I had lunch with Austin like the next day, mm-hmm. and he looked at me and goes, "Kaylee, did any moment?" Did you know, like, did you take it too far? Did you know you shouldn't do this and do it anyways? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, no. He's like, did you purposely try to throw her under the bus? Did you purposely say stuff to hurt her? And I was going, well, no. And he goes, you did your absolute best. In that moment, why can you judge yourself? What could you have done better? <laughs> Knowing what you knew, doing everything you could, you did your best. And then I realized I'm putting an expectation on myself to be able to solve every problem and how unrealistic is that but in that moment I did my absolute best so now knowing that it takes the guilt it takes the judgment and it actually gives that expectation no authority over me it takes that away yeah from a standpoint of business uh right now uh, you know if you don't know from watching the other ones I'm I'm a manager and so I have a team and you want to talk about expectations, so expectations for myself is I want to be the best. I want to have the best team, and I want to, you know, I always want to be the best. So, you know, how many times, and everybody does this, you go home, or you sit up in the lunchroom, or <laughs> somewhere, and you go, what am I doing wrong? Right. You know, you're not meeting this expectation. 
sometimes it's company based sometimes it's on yourself you know i always expect to be the best or have in the past i should say so you know it was what can i do differently and then you sit down and you just nail these employees right across the head you know (laughs) what are you doing wrong here's everything you're doing wrong and uh i've backed up a little bit a couple years ago i started doing this i learned like you said do your best so i sit down with employees and i'll rewind and we'll go over to scenarios and i always will ask them say what's the one thing you learned from this and they'll say well i learned this and they go well i should have done that and i said well you just learned it right and they go yes (laughs) I said, so don't beat yourself up about it. You learn something. We're going to move forward. We're going to both do better, right? right? And you did your best. That's how I always end my conversations. Even if I just, you know, you sometimes you do have to tell employees that, hey, you got to pick your game up. Because sometimes we don't do our best. I mean, that's a reality. Yeah, that is a reality. And that's- um, but if you end as a manager, as a boss, as an owner, and every conversation with do your best and empower somebody and makes a world of difference for that employee because it's not that crushing defeat. I mean, they still might have a little bit of like, man, I got to try harder. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But it's not the, here's the expectations you failed. You know, then they they go home and they wonder, dang, do I have a job tomorrow? Mm-hmm. I really like working for this guy. He's a tyrant. Right. So if you end with do your best, kind of eases up a little bit like oh yeah i am good enough i'll take what i learned this time now if it's repeated it's different but once again it's just how you tackle that and even for me in situations i rewind the day and say what did i learn right well there there is a reality to people who chronically don't do their best and if that's you maybe we do another episode on that (laughs) um this is under the assumption that it's not a difficult switch to flip to do your best. If that is a switch that you find difficult to flip, a little uh, hint from the four agreements is to not only do your best in the things that are like really important, mm-hmm. but do your best in even the dumb things like, I want to take my best shower today. I'm going to wash my hair the best I've ever washed it. I'm going to brush my teeth the best I've ever brushed my teeth. I'm going to make this peanut butter and jelly sandwich the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich I've ever made. And literally start to use non-important things to kind of flip that energetics trigger that is in you that um, even, you know, you can stop for gas. I actually caught myself doing this uh, yesterday that I can stop for gas and I can easily kind of like, you know, put the, put the nozzle into the gas tank and start doing the, and then just mess around. And I realized like my windshield was just loaded with bugs and stuff. And then I had something else happen and I, the gas was done before I even got to my windshield. And normally I would have been like, okay, well, I'm just done getting, I'm here to get gas. Let's go. And I realized like, you know, I'm going to have the, take the best gas stop that I can. Like, and it is also important to note that your best is not always the same. There is a reality to being tired. There is a reality to being sick. There is a reality to being, you know, late and time and stuff like that. But if you walk away from that scenario and yeah, that other thing of like judging a caterpillar on its ability to be a butterfly is a bit premature. So if you say, hey, I should have done that, great, you learned. Did you know it then? (laughs) No. Now you do. And it's one of my favorite memes recently is the the one with the caterpillar and the butterfly. They're having coffee. Yeah. And the caterpillar is looking at the butterfly and he says, you've changed. (laughs) And the butterfly's like, we're supposed to. (laughs) So don't judge yourself. 
you know, don't judge a fish on its ability to climb a tree. Like, seriously, understand that you were that person five minutes ago, and now you learn something, and it's okay. It's okay to grow and understand that and give yourself some grace. Absolutely. Right? Especially when you're looking back. That was one of the things that I struggled with because for the longest time I didn't do my best. So, and realizing... Because there was a lot of areas I didn't, and I knew why and had to identify them, and that was great. But then looking at other areas, go, I did do my best, and I learned this area, and I did this, but now I'm choosing to do my best. And my best isn't my husband's best. That was something that we, I recently had to deal with going, hey, I'm just a year and a half younger than my husband, but he makes about, or has for the longest time, made like three times as much as I made, or more. Mm-hmm. Actually, at one point, I think it was almost five or six times what I made. Um, and that was really hard going. I'm a year and a half younger, and my husband is making so much more money. I'm not as successful as him. Mm. Now, I it's not quite as big as a gap, maybe twice as much as I do. Mm. But going, my best is now better than it was two years ago. Right. My best was... Because there was a time that I debt for, like, if you're just talking about money, one time I made $15 an hour. I went down and I worked for Austin and made nothing. Yeah. <laughs> worked with Austin. Um, <laughs> and learned and everything. I was making nothing as well. Yes. Everybody was making nothing. Um, I was making something. <laughs> Not for the company. But, anyway. And then I went to Starbucks and made less than $10. And it's like, wow, that's a $5 an hour difference. Yeah. And that's really hard. But now I've just recently got a new job where I'm at 16. So it's a dollar more than my best. So this is now my personal best. Mm-hmm. But kind of going, oh, wow, you know, there was a dip. But for that time, I did my best in that job. Right. And so having to frame things differently, because your best isn't always about the most money you've ever made. <laughs> and it's always about how you best, you're best providing for your family in the position you're in then. For sure. So take that into consideration and also realize that when you're judging somebody else. <laughs> when they said, I did my best, I hate that in movies or TV shows, your best is not good enough. Right, when people say that? Well, that implies if you ever say that or think that, that means that you have an unrealistic stick or you have an expectation that you're putting on them, and that's not fair. Yeah, if you think about the statement, your best is not good enough. Well, like, okay, on some levels that might be true, but blaming that person for what? For not be able to do something? Yeah, like, what do you expect them to do? Not be them? I, I mean, it's one of the greatest. Business. Business mistakes, <laughs> yes. Well, I almost said business sin, but... It's, it's, it's all you know, whatever. And, you know, missing the mark where they're like, oh, your best isn't good enough. When the real question should be, why isn't that good enough? Is it unrealistic expectations? Is it that the company hasn't given the proper roadmap to the success in which they're trying to achieve? You know, or is the employee not doing their best every day, like... You know, like you said, I mean, if you have trouble with that, I mean, what I do, I laugh when you said the gas one, because what I always do is I, you know, if I feel like, man, I don't know if I'm doing the best or not, because sometimes we have our doubts, right? I'll start the morning off and I'll brush my teeth for five minutes and I'll floss right? because 
let's be honest, we all forget to floss sometimes if it's not a habit. I floss every day. And uh, oh, aren't you the best? <laughs> Instead of it's not a habit, but no. I, Here we go. Comparison. I'm better than you. That's fine. In that area, we have a different measurement. Um, but that's also like doing your best. There's different levels of measurement. So you said. There's, there's so many that's what she says right I now. Know, I just gotta say it. Well, it's like Ron's over here being all professional, keeping it going, and Austin and I are being the giggly little kids. Like, keep it's it going. Okay. It's okay. We're doing our best. It's, it's good stuff. Keep going. So, do your best means you get paid more. Doing your best means you get promotion. Doing your best means that you feel good about yourself when you go home. It means you learn something. There's all these different things that you can measure your success at. And at the end of the day, did you move forward? That's what I would ask somebody. If you're really like, mm, did I do my best? Well, did you move forward? Mm-hmm. Did you learn something? Did you make more money today? Did you? Anytime you moved your personal self forward, you've done your best. And, that's, and I would add, and we need to move, because I love where the rest of where we're going, but there is one last little piece in that of like, okay, so that person, their best isn't good enough. Like, I'm gonna be honest, I'm not the fastest person in the world. So my best isn't good enough to win the gold medal in the Olympics Mm -hmm. in anything. So if I have those expectations of myself and my best really isn't good enough, that's insanity on some level. And so the ability to kind of shift and measure and be honest with your own expectations for yourself and for other people. Maybe other people's best really isn't good enough. And to keep expecting them to not be them is stupid on your part, right? It's kind of, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It's like there is a grace and an honor in a beautiful way to, like, acknowledge maybe somebody's best isn't good enough. And you don't have to be an asshole judge over them. You can honor them and have a totally different energy towards them and a totally different conversation. So that isn't that that's not a real statement. It's that it's a stupid judgment, mm-hmm. right? It's a judgment that is unfair in most scenarios. Mm-hmm. I would say it's overused. Oh. And it's something that people use to pass the blame, you know, not to own up to them not doing their best. Yeah, especially in relationships and business. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one thing on your personal physical capabilities, but yeah, and when you're dealing with other people, it's way overused. So, obviously, we've talked a lot about expectations, and we kind of skipped to one of the major tools that we want to, you know, is doing your best is to kind of overcome. But in between the two, if expectations have this kind of toxic energy, I'm going to softball this over to you, Kaylee. Like, instead of expectations, what would you do? Because that is a reality of having relational dynamics where people are expected to do things. Right. So you're you're saying like in a marriage, like between my husband and I, if I'm not putting these expectations on him, what is that thing that we're both deciding or, and the word you were softballing is agreements. Mm -hmm. We're having these agreements in our marriage. Right. And where the difference between expectations is that they're unrealistic, agreements should be realistic. And, well, the word implies that 
you know, both people understand that they're agreeing upon it. Mm-hmm. Some of them are easy, like, you know, oh, well, we're, we're only going to sleep with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Where, but that might, for some people, not be your agreement in your yeah. marriage. And now, one of the things I was noticing is that there are a lot of marriage counselors that talk about expectations, and there's a lot of that. And so overall, in the area of marriage is being a little more open, a little more verbal about what they're hoping, but not so much in other relationships. Like, you know, between family members, whether you come for holidays or not. I know that's one of the things that my in-laws and my parents have this expectation, but there is not that agreement there. But whereas Austin, I view you as family, Mm -hmm. Ron and I both do, we have verbally said that holidays, we want that agreement to see each other, whether it's on the date or near, we celebrate holidays together, but that's now an agreement. So there's that, yes, it's not an expectation because you have decided to agree with me upon that. Right. So now it's okay when there's an agreement, now there's a way to complete it. Expectations largely have a one-sided power source, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I hold all the power, you must meet it. Right? <laughs> you must serve it. Agreements automatically split the power of action between two parties or three parties or however many where it's it is the honor of if I have an expectation and you don't meet it, you fail. But if we have an agreement and you don't meet it, you failed yourself. Mm-hmm. You didn't fail me, which in many ways you still did. But now, because you had power, you also have responsibility, responsibility. You have all of those other things that come with the energy of this one-sided expectation thing versus a two-sided or three-sided agreement that I think, again, this is somewhat semantics. But at the same time, I think our culture really does... These words do carry two very different energies for most people. And uh, whether or not you call it what it is, whatever, you could call it Bob's your uncle. I don't really care. The energy is is that it's not just this one-sided power, but it's a, hey, now if you don't meet our agreement, not only am I still going to be frustrated, but you should, in a sense, be frustrated with yourself and realize, mm-hmm. no, I did agree to this, right? Expectations give us all these like battle acts writes like how dare you expect that of me versus you know no you're right you should be able to expect this from me because i agreed to it and the energy is a lot better the one of the things we, we did talk a lot about is so expectations versus agreements we did just talk quite a bit on doing your best mm-hmm. expectations doing your best is not really good enough mm-hmm. versus agreements doing your best often is it should be good enough Unless it's obviously repetitive at some point. We talked about that. The another thing you mentioned, I can't remember which one of you mentioned it, is uh, expectations, agreements aren't time-based. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to, un- who, which one of you mentioned that? It was Kaylee, actually. You want to actually? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to take... <laughs> well, one of the things I noticed with expectations, at least um, a lot of times with personal expectations, one of the things that, like, oh, okay, I'm turning 27, my birthday's coming up wow, I feel like I should be farther along in my career. Or, you know, um, if I was to have kids, oh, I should be having kids by now. You know, I should have um, less debt or whatever it is. There's that, oh, my age equals what I expected. 
but if they don't meet, you know, mm-hmm. then there's this issue. Whereas I can now go, you know, I have an agreement with myself to someday write a book. And I want to write it the best I can. So I'm not going to put a time limit on it. Because right now I can't write it the best I can. Because I'm still learning to write. And I'm still learning to find that freedom and that joy and all that in writing. So if I put a time limit by, you know, by the time I'm 28 I have this book. I might have it. But then I'm going to fail on the it's not very good or it's not what it because it was all about the expectation versus actually doing my best, Mm -hmm. being it, letting it be its best. So when you take out the time component and make it about the agreement and completing the agreement, it gives it, you know, the freedom to do it the best way possible. Mm -hmm. It gives it that, you know, organic room for growth. Because, I mean, everything grows, energy, well, I mean, technically energy never is made or destroyed, but, right. I mean, plants grow, everything, you, so you're giving it this room to be organic and to flow, and not constraining it, especially when you're working with somebody else. If you have an agreement to start a business, but you're worried about getting it all done by this date, you're going to maybe get it done, but the process could have been so much better if you had given it a month or two more and then you know your website could have been better or your pitch could have been better or your product could have been better well at some points i understand the agreement of time like hey i will be there for your birthday (laughs) or you know um hey we're getting married on this date so i'll have this party planned in time um (laughs) But there's got to be in some ways for those big life goals, those big hopes and dreams, there has to be an understanding. That way you're not putting unrealistic expectations on yourself. Mm-hmm. It need to stop focusing on the time of it. Hey, I'm this old. I should get this done. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't met anyone who went, oh, yeah, I completed every goal by this age and I'm completely fine. Like right. this, I'm perfect. I met every goal i'm happy with my life completely 25 i had it exactly where i planned i'm everywhere i'm supposed to be financially spiritually physically socially like seriously like there's always something i've met a lot of people who yes they got their goal where like hey they were on it to be partner by you know this age and they do it but then you'll see their social life is completely suffered right or they ruined so many great relationships to do it so Again, if that same person who wanted to make partner didn't put a time constraint on it, but said, I'm going to do my best every time I get there, I'm going to make this goal. So every time I do my best, but then I'm not going to let it become toxic. I'm not going to let it consume my every moment. That's one of the details of the secret that people, a lot of people don't know. Is even in the movie, The Secret, The Law of Attraction, there's a reference to time and Mm It is a delicate balance because if you don't put some sense of urgency, often certain energies are like, eh, whatever it happens, and then it never does. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you put time on it, it adds a stress. Yeah. Right? I need to be have a million dollars by next year. It's a fine dance and a fine balance. We've all heard the story. Well, maybe not all of us. If you've not heard Jim Carrey's story, that he wrote himself a $10 million check and he put a date on it. And he deposited a $10 million check on that date from his movie, Dumb and Dumber. Yep. Right. So that's where you have this time and it's more this creative expectation. And yet at the same time, oh, I need to make partner by the time I'm 32. 
and between 25 and 32, your life is miserable and you're mostly stressed. I mean, that versus this holding it back saying, I'm going to be a partner in this firm and it will take what it takes. There's another think and grow rich. There's a story of, uh, I think it's C.B. Barnes, who was partners with Thomas Edison, mm-hmm. right? And he just knew he wanted to be a partner with Thomas Edison. He didn't care. He didn't put a time restraint on it. I think it ended up being like five or seven years before he became one. And then he was great. So it's the difference between these time constraints versus a task constraint, you know, or a task focus, if you will. I think agreements, I'm agreeing, we're agreeing to this task-oriented relationship versus a time-oriented relationship does, it's, a, it's often, time creates this immense stress that we don't realize is there until you remove it. Yeah, well, and I would add, you know, an agreement to me is like a goal as well. Right. And so what people sometimes forget because they make their goals or their, you know, agreements, expectations is agreements can change and that's okay. So you can have an agreement with yourself or a goal set up for yourself to achieve, I want to be partnered by 32. Sure. You can have that as long as it's a, an agreement that you're going to reevaluate that as you go. And by the time you turn 27, because you made this when you were 25, oh, I'm not enjoying life. I'm losing a lot of my friends. I don't want to do that. Okay. Well, reevaluate. Okay. I'm not going to make it by the time I'm 32. I can see that. So I'm going to make a new agreement that I'm going to get there with my friends and I'm going to be become partner, but I'm going to be 35. That's okay. And I'd say the best, unfortunately, example for some people, I'm going to bring up sports, is <laughs> the agreement with a basketball player or a football player or any athlete with a team. They sign a contract or an agreement and every team wants to win a national title. Mm-hmm. They do. And so... We've all had it that next year our favorite team or our favorite player all of a sudden is switching teams and they're trading assets. Well, because the team has made an agreement with that player, but they realize, hey, we're not going to reach this goal and you might be a better fit over there. And that's okay to have that agreement to swap players. And guess what? That player's goal isn't going to change. They still want to win a championship. That's why they talk about, hey, man, this is the team that traded me. Yeah, there might be a little bit of extra motivation for those games. But any really good athlete, their goal is always that. It doesn't change. It's an agreement. And then there's also an agreement where, hey, when they can't play anymore, we're not going to resign them. Right. And that's okay as well. So, you know, agreements are very fluent. And there's no deadline to them per se, but you can change it and put deadlines on it so that way you know where you are in that agreement. Hey, am I actually accomplishing this? Am I doing my best? Right. Yeah, I am. I need another four years. Okay. I think that's probably a good, like, sure, set a time to it with the your best is good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, and be honest with yourself and other people. Say, hey, we're going to get this accomplished by this date, right? I'm working on a project right now. We're trying to build a web application that's going to roll into a mobile application. It's four dudes. We all have full-time jobs. We're trying to do this. We're doing our best. We just came out of a season where literally uh, people dying, people you know, going through divorces, uh, babies being born, like literally all sorts of stuff. And so this team of the four of us, we had a meeting Friday night, and I was like, so this is a little bit of a rah-rah meeting because we all met six months ago and we were going to save the world and now life happened and we've barely gotten anything done. 
we've done our best, but let's tick it up. It's time to you know, revisit, re-engage this agreement. And I asked the designers, the programmers, I said, you know, can you guys give me a, a time frame, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at, you know, maybe up September we'll have, you know, be at a certain point, and then by the end of the year we'll be at another point. And, you know, you can let that add the stress, or it can absolutely give you a goal. And as long as you have in there, look, we're going to do our best. And there might be some, you know, business professionals listening to this, whatever, like, no, that's the worst thing you can ever do because you're just going to give yourself an out, right? To which, this is New Age Christianity podcast, right? This is primarily <laughs> a spiritual angle at life. And I would argue that to those who are super, like, against leaving yourself that room and that grace... I would argue most of the time that's at the expense of a spiritual and an emotional state of being that is also part of this whole do your best, have agreements. Like this isn't just professional. This isn't just relation. This is also with yourself, your soul, your heart, your emotions, your energy. And so, sure, you might look at this whole do your best thing and think, oh, you're just giving yourself an out and you're just going to be lazy and everything like that. And, then be honest with yourself about that if that's who you think you are. But I would argue that there's a beauty to that grace and giving it to yourself. And sure, you may want to write your, you write your book within two years, and it may take 12. That is a journey that, on a spiritual level, can teach you shit tons of amazing things that you wouldn't otherwise have. So do you trust life and do you trust intuition? I've done some episodes on some of that up to this point. But I would err on the side of that grace and that more stable vibration if you will instead of that frantic expectation get shit done now 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 you know beat yourself up like you know that same energy that people literally will go kill themselves in the gym they will starve themselves to make themselves like there's so much yeah you can get stuff done Mm -hmm. as a matter of fact you can change the world and your life suffers you suffer so this group of people, this podcast, does not support that version of getting things done. And so, yeah, it is, you know, I know there's certain people in this crowd that may think I'm much more of, I want to change the world and get it done now. Always, I'm going to do better than my best. Well, okay. But. Good luck. Yeah. I enjoy surrounding <laughs> myself with people who have grace for themselves and for others. And I think it's a much higher quality of life. But even then, that's still just a choice I've made. So. I mean, at this point, I think we probably lost those people. But if you <laughs> still are it. listening, even at this point, <laughs> I would say there's a lot of examples out there that might point that uh, maybe you're not 100% right. You know, with uh, like Tiger Woods, Nike kept him on. Nike's laughing all the way to the bank, and so is Tiger. There's other athletes that they've done that with. Actors, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he should have been done, and then Marvel signs him, you know, and uh, gets a lot done. They laugh in their way all the way to the bank, too. So, I mean, there's examples of that where there's grace and things like that. So you might want to reevaluate. If you're still listening at this point, there's a reason why you are. Right. (laughs) Well, I just think about, like, one of my personal goals was to move out of the small town that I live in because I'm not a fan. Um, Not because it's not great, but it's just not me. And this goal was two and a half years ago that, (laughs) like, we were making plans, put our house up on the market, and it didn't happen. I'm still in this little town right now, guys. But because that happened, we stayed in this state. We would have been, you know, very far away. And because yeah. of that, I mean, I know my relationship with Austin has changed completely. 
And for me, that signed, that alone just changed who I was and who I am now. And that's something that is very, very valuable to me. And that's the reason I'm a part of New Age Christianity. That's a part that I can be on this podcast. And if I had been all about, I, if we really wanted to, we could have forced our way out to Washington, mm-hmm, which sure. is where I want to be. And it's still a goal, but now it's not a time frame. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a goal, but when I took off the time frame, it took off a lot of the hurt of not being there. Mm-hmm. And then it was able to give that grace and that, um, you know, thankfulness for being where I'm at. And, you know, not hate the people of that small town or hate my job or (laughs) whatever it is. It gives you that back. And, I mean, that goes back to life. Knew what it was doing for me. It was working for me. And I'm happy. Well, and I'll throw the disclaimer in there that we did put the house up for sale. We did do some improvements. We threw in some things to try to sell it. And we did our best. Mm -hmm. We didn't sell it. So we we were using that intuition Mm -hmm. Austin's done many teachings on where it's like, well, maybe this isn't the right move. Literally, a move. <laughs> but, I mean, I just want to throw that disclaimer in there mm-hmm. that we did do things. It wasn't just, oh, we were going to sell our house, and then we just never did anything. No, we our did. house was up on the market. Yeah. We sold a lot of the furniture, so we lived without furniture for <laughs> many months. Yes. And that's something, too, is when you do your best, <laughs> and then you realize it didn't work... You sometimes have to live with the consequences. Hey, we were going to move. We sold stuff, and now we don't have a couch. Right. How are we going to watch you know, TV? Like, we don't have a dining room table. Where are we going to eat our food? This is like we were eating on the floor a lot, you know? Coming full circle, though, you know, what would you learn? And do you look back and judge yourself, you know, judge a caterpillar by its ability to fly? I mean, it's... Right, and that's what I'm saying, guys. When you do your best, you can't judge even when the result isn't what you think it would be. Right. And even when, you know, you're like, wow, my direction was clearly off. (laughs) (laughs) But even when it's off, when you do your best, there's just an area to judge because you learned something. I want to do an episode on what I'm calling carrot intuition. Where you have these ideas of like, oh, this is where I'm headed, so I'm going to start doing that. And then you get to a certain point and it's like suddenly a sharp left turn. And you're like, that's not, that didn't go at all where I thought it was going. But you realize you wouldn't have seen the left turn mm-hmm. had you not gone forward for the last 20 miles. Right? And so you're, you think you're heading to the mountains and all of a sudden you get to this little ravine you didn't see. And you go down the ravine and it's like those carrot ideas, go to the mountains was the carrot. Uh that got you to the place where you could see the left turn that your intuition goes, oh no, this is where I'm really going. I want to do an episode on it because there are story after story after story from my own life and some people's lives I know where it's like doing your best and that's the agreement versus expectations. Mm -hmm. I have an agreement that I'm headed towards the mountain and 20 miles down the road that can change because agreements are, I think not just are they softer but they're actually more stable. Mm -hmm. Right? So you can have, it's hard to think, like, oh, it's, it's a softer thing, softer energy, but it's more stable because you're powerful, mm-hmm. right? Expectations, you feel powerless. Mm-hmm. And that's where, okay, so expectations versus agreements, we cover a lot of that. If you're someone, we haven't, like, I know we do, but obviously doing your best is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, any other pointers on, like, if you're someone who kind of finds yourself stuck in expectations, how can you change or move from that way of being over to someone who lives more with agreements. 
Well, I think the first thing you need to do is discover what expectations you do have. And it sounds easy, <laughs> but sometimes it's not. Because how do you discover when you have an agreement? We were talking earlier. How do you discover that? It's when somebody says something to you like, you haven't washed the bathtub. Oh, that's an expectation. Or is that an agreement? <laughs> you know, you have to weigh that of, oh, did I agree to do that and I didn't do it, so I didn't do my best? Or was that an expectation from that person? And so now I have to communicate and say, hey, uh, babe, I don't remember agreeing to do that. Um, so where are we going to go with this? And, you know, there's other things. Like I said, if you feel like a emotion, you know, like uh, guilty or sad or angry those are usually anchors inside of you that you're like "Mm." yep that was an expectation because you expected that when your boss came in that he was going to say you did a great job and they saw that you did your best that might be an expectation you have right and um we often do with the whole i did my best what they want from me Right. Or well, the same thing you want from everyone else who you expect them to do better than their best. Got it. Right. <laughs> or they didn't pay you enough. You didn't get a big enough bonus. You know, all those things are expectations you had maybe for your company, maybe for somebody else. So you need to communicate with that other side. Or if you can't communicate, because there are some situations where you can't, you have to say or reevaluate and go, okay, so I need to move forward and say this is what I'm striding for. Instead of, this is going to happen, this is the expectation. Mm -hmm. And we talked about doing your best, but also being honest with yourself. (laughs) I mean, is step one, because you got to uncover it. you got to uncover what you have as an expectation. Well, it's funny. Actually, uh, Ron and I just had (laughs) a really fun (laughs) disagreement, and it came from... A place of expectations, a want of honesty, hurt emotions, and there was an agreement as well. So it was all, because so many people are going, well, how can you have all this from one situation? Well, it's called golf. Um, (laughs) And my husband loves it. Gentlemen only. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) And so last year. This is new age Christianity. (laughs) It's a joke. (laughs) This all started when last year my husband only went golfing three times all summer. And he told me he was very disappointed that he didn't get a chance to go more because he does thoroughly love it. Mm -hmm. So I made an agreement with him that this year we would make more time for him to go golfing. Mm -hmm. So there we have, by the way. (laughs) And there was an agreement. Mission accomplished. (laughs) So as you can tell, these guys have already been golfing several times together and he's been golfing quite a bit in general. Without me? I'm so, <laughs> so offended right now. We need a new you, did, you did not meet my expectations. <laughs> See, it's perfect. Continue, Kaylee. And then this weekend, when we're filming this, our original plan was we didn't make any plans that my husband, because we had been going for like a month solid, Oof. and he had told me that he just wanted a chill weekend yeah. where we didn't have anything. We could just chill. And so then... I'm about to get out of work, and I get this call that he has an option to go golfing. <laughs> now, my expectation was that we were going to hang out and chill and be together. But my agreement was that I would make time for him to go golfing. Mm-hmm. So when he asked if he could, I did the, 
sure, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And my husband goes, well, that's not very honest. (laughs) But it brings it full circle going, what was going on there? Because my expectation was for this to have a relaxing weekend. My husband finds golfing relaxing. So it fit in his expectation of a relaxing weekend that we had agreed to. But what was our perception of that? And then my agreement to make time for him to go golfing is now hurting the I want to spend time with my husband. And I felt like that had been a communication. So it was a realistic expectation. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where you're going now. And my husband's going, why aren't you being honest about what you want? So then it had to come full circle where everything has to come out going, what are my expectations? What is this as an agreement? What am I actually agreeing to? Yes, I'm making more time to go golfing, but that doesn't mean I have to let him go golfing every single time. Let him. You know what I mean. (laughs) Just be honest. That was actually something I told you. I mean, I've been golfing more than I did all of last year. I doubled it already. And so you have given me the freedom to golf more, just like your agreement said. And so I said, you just need to be honest with me. You've already held up your bargain. I've been golfing more by definition. doesn't mean that every single time I say, hey, babe, I'd like to go golfing, that you say, yeah, go ahead. Sometimes you're able to just say, I'd really like to spend some time with you. And that's our agreement that we've had in our marriage just to make time for each other. And so there's multiple agreements and layers there. And it's okay have a disagreement. <laughs> um, yeah, that where you said disagreement, it was like, oh, disagreement. Yeah. And you just talk oh. your way through it. You know, like, once again, agreements aren't set in stone. They need to have communication, and it's okay for those to change. So your agreement to yourself, unknowingly, was to let me play golf every single time, which I felt went against our agreement of being honest and making time for each other. Right. And so talking this through, we've kind of made this you know new agreement that this is important and this is important so it's okay that sometimes one of those will trump the other as long as we do it out of respect for each other and communicate where we're at as as we're talking about this which i haven't even done an episode on this but part two (laughs) uh, you guys are familiar with holacracy and the process of bringing up tensions, roles and responsibilities or that. I mean, this is very, very similar. The expectation is equivalent to that old way of doing business where you get hired to do a job and, you know, there is no, it's all position based and hierarchy based. Mm -hmm. And then in holacracy, the the idea is that it's role based and that you have teams of people and it's, and every week you have a meeting where you bring up tensions and you say, hey, you know, you know, these 20 things you're doing are great, but in this particular role as the person who's supposed to clean the bathrooms, I have a tension, right, that we have an agreement here and I would like to amend that agreement based on I found an expectation or I found a tension that rose up inside of me that I didn't realize was there. Sorry, you know, but now I'm honestly telling you I know I agreed that you could golf more. I didn't realize until if this came up that I would like to amend that agreement or refine it even more. And that's where expectations are not that flexible. 
and they are toxic. Mm-hmm. But agreements are power empowering, and they're flexible, and they're always able to be revisited. So communication, right? Mm-hmm. And I do. This is uh, kind of back to the beginning where I was talking about like, what about those awesome agreements or those expectations you don't know you have, right? What do you do with those? And you usually find those when you get pissed, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or when you get frustrated, and you're like. And it's on you as the person who gets pissed to realize, oh, I had an expectation, unspoken and unknown. If you have expectations that you're not speaking, well, that's on you. You're just being annoying. But if you have expectations you don't know that you have, we all have those, right? Mm -hmm. And then people step on our toes and we get offended and you realize, well, what the heck? We never even talked about this. Like... And so the more mature you can get, the more you, more and more aware you get of your own emotions. Emotions are actually, negative emotions I have found to be a ver- the greatest tool I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if I have a negative emotion, it's essentially like the check engine light on my car. Mm-hmm. Having a negative emotion doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. That means you're simply aware. Mm-hmm. Right? If you were unaware, you wouldn't have, right? Or, you know, or if you're totally zen and Toltec, then maybe not so many negative emotions. But... For the most part, if you have a negative emotion, that means you're observing life and there's something. So congratulations, you're awake. And so that's the check engine light and then acknowledge what expectations, because it's almost always comes back to an unmet expectation. Mm -hmm. And being able to shift that over to an agreement is such a more powerful way to have those arguments as well. Mm -hmm. Those disagreements versus an argument, right? We are having a disagreement. Sure, it can be negative. But, you know, what are your friends? Oh, yeah, me and my husband just had an argument. Or me and my husband have had, we've just discussed a disagreement. Like, it's still the, the reality of it. But, the, again, the energy of it is so different. Well, I think that's the same thing. Because when you're saying that, I mean, that energy of being upset or different stuff like that, it shows you what you expected. But it's the same with offense, you expect them to believe the same thing you did. And you're mm-hmm. offended when they see something differently than you. Hmm. And then you're upset. So the thing is, why did you expect them to think like you? Why do you expect them to live like you, believe like you when they're not you? That's so insane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. Bit, I mean, you're just, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Over right. And over. So if you get upset, if you get offended at people, first of all, look at yourself. And then second of all, try to communicate with people and let them be them. Let them believe differently than you. Let them and do your best to honor them in their differences. Mm -hmm. And then when you're really coming to an agreement, it's going, I'm going to be the best I can be. You're going to be the best you're going to be. And we're going to find a way to make this work together. It's not an agreement that they're going to become like you. It's That's an expectation. It's an agreement that you can find a common place to work from. Right. Now, some people it's easier. Some people it's harder. It's okay. But take your time. And again, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> Do your best. But... I mean, I'm sharing these stories where, you know, I just had an expectation. This just happened about golf. <laughs> But it's going, I had expectations and agreements. So give yourself time, realize what there's going on, and learn how to communicate with the people involved. Because mm-hmm. it's a skill. It is. So give yourself time. But just being aware of this will give you a, a peace and a grace for yourself and other people that, I mean, it's just, 
oh, relieving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you won't take uh, when somebody says something. If you know that, oh, this is something that I need to work through or something they need to work through, because you can decipher now, right? Right. Maybe you won't take things as personally, and you won't have more weight throughout the day because I, you know, you can see it, especially for me being a manager mm-hmm. from customers or from your own staff. You know, they start the day, they have their chest up high, and they have one bad experience, and they take it to heart, and then their shoulders shrink and shrink and shrink. And by the end of the day, they're like this at their desk, like, please do not talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. I just want to go home. Right. And that's not good either. <laughs> that's good. I think that happens inside of marriages. It yep. happens with children. Mm-hmm. happens with all sorts of, like, oh, my gosh. Again, like, you know, I tell you what, like, there's so many nuanced tools and everything like that that is a skill you know and it's going to be personalized it's going to be like your own thumbprint you know it is going to you're going to find certain whether it's seeing emotion as the check engine light or whether it's the ability to see it in, in your spouse where you realize okay and they like, and you can help them you don't have to get all offended and everything like there's so much to the skill but if I could recommend, so Keep Your Love On and Culture of Honor by Danny Silk. Mm-hmm. Those two books on relationships. And then The Four Agreements and then The Fifth Agreement. So The Four Agreements are in the first book. The Fifth Agreement is its own book by Don Miguel Ruiz and the Toltec Wisdom Tradition. Those four books, the mm-hmm. two by Danny Silk and the two by Don Miguel, I think are, for me, have changed my life more than any other books and especially with relationships and expectations and I would add that the four agreements adds the element of expectations for yourself versus agreements I mean, uh, the four agreements and fifth agreement I cannot recommend them highly enough there will be links in the uh, on the website for in the website store and uh, your life you realize your entire life is simply agreements even your beliefs you've agreed with you know what you think about Jesus. You agreed with what you think about witches. You've agreed with what you think about politics. You've agreed with what you think about what attractiveness looks like, or how much money is enough, or you know what kind of dogs versus are you a cat person or dog person, or the toilet paper should go over or under. You know, like <laughs> literally everything is an agreement, and every agreement can be adjusted as you need to, and you are powerful to build the life that you desire and surround yourself with people who can honor that life. And so beyond even expectations versus agreements, the four agreements and the fifth agreement to me kind of take it to that next level of it's literally how I'm building my life now. And I can't, you know, if everything's in agreement, there are five agreements that I highly suggest you start with. And that is the four agreements and the fifth agreement by and they are, in short, they are be impeccable with your word. Don't take things personally. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best and be skeptical, but listen. And I want to put, put a caveat on that because I heard him tell me the list before I read the books. They don't mean what you think they mean. And yeah, the, doing the list is, doesn't do it justice. It doesn't. All. So when you hear impeccable with your word, that's not the normal meaning that it means. Right. So, um, yeah, don't don't hear the list and be like, oh, I do that, because I highly doubt that <laughs> if you're listening to this. And the other thing that I've noticed with this, 
because I've been on this journey with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did know Austin before he started living this, and I've seen you offended. I've seen you <laughs> hurt, and I've seen you upset. Now it's hard to get a rise out of Austin like that. I'm more likely to get upset for him, uh, <laughs> as he has seen. But this is an opportunity to take the power back. This is an opportunity to be in control. This is an opportunity to have your emotions work for you. Everything to work for you. But in that, you can no longer blame your spouse or your friends (laughs) for stuff. So the question really is, is not if you can do this or if you're willing to do this. It's it's more of like, are you willing to take on the responsibility Mm -hmm. to do this? Because you're not going to be able to say you make me feel or you didn't do this or I don't feel loved because of you, which is really hard at first. She makes me so angry. You won't be able to say that when someone cuts you off in a car and you want to be like, you and then you're like, oh, wait, I'm the problem. (laughs) And even as I'm only like starting this journey, there is a grace you'll find you have for people. Like I'm now working at a credit union and I've had a few people very upset with me because I'm not able to cash that check or I'm not for loss, for their safety and protection, stuff like that. (laughs) I guess I put that in there. But I don't think that they're a jerk when they get upset with me. Mm -hmm. I just see desperate people who don't know how to handle the situation and can't get their money. But my coworkers like, wow, what a bitch or what a jerk or right, whatever right. they say. And I'm going, that's not even how I see them. I just see them upset. Right. And I see them hurting and I see them lashing out. They and, had an expectation. Right. <laughs> when they walked in but, and it wasn't met. And so now you understand that right. that was them, not you. But in some ways I can know that my agreement to do the best I can. And when they lash out at me, I'm going, I'm still doing the best I can. Right. And so I'm not going to let that, you know, and now I'm just going to do the best to make their day better. And if I can't, I'm sorry. I did my best. And, you know, I'll try to solve your problem. But if I can't, have a nice day. (laughs) (laughs) But it's empowering. Yeah, you got to question whether or not you want the power. Because being a victim is really easy, convenient. Yeah. And it's it's a backwards form of power. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's for another episode. Mm-hmm. So, Ron, you got any parting words? No, nope, not at this time. Just right. do your best. <laughs> Kaylee and I, I was, we did, I think we did pretty good. Like, we did, we did really good. There was a section where Ron was like, "Am I, guys? Am I on this show or what?" <laughs> no, man. Well, no, I think it's funny how you say any parting words, and I'm like, "What is the most random word you can say?" And he's like, "I'll do your best." And I'm like, "Microphone." <laughs> Santa Claus. Because I'm bad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. I always enjoy uh, looking into relational dynamics, especially with these two. And, uh, yeah, check out the website for the four agreements, fifth agreement, keep your love on, culture of honor, as well as consider donating. We always appreciate even your consideration in that. And uh, share and like these episodes and so on and so forth all that good stuff love you guys see you on the next episode bye bye